Luke 2, 1 through 20 says, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went on their own to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with an angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favors rest. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning that what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. To appreciate people's gifts. You don't have to clap so timidly. It's all right. <laughs> Please join me as we pray. Lord, it is your truth. It is your light that we seek, not the things that come from humanity, but the things that stand eternally. That's what we want in our hearts. And so we pray that your spirit will fill us, will fill this place, will fill this night, so that the hope that we see, the light that we feel, the warmth we experience will be something that lasts in us, that doesn't disappear with tonight, but that carries on in the weeks and months and in the year ahead. So we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. It's sort of funny how Christmas traditions change over time, isn't it? As my children have gotten older and as the pace of life has become busier and busier with each passing year, our family has moved away from some of those more intensive traditions that involve a lot of glitter and a lot of frosting and a lot of time and a lot of energy. And we've started to move into developing a ritual for Christmas movies which has really intensified over the last couple of years, in particular as the pandemic has messed with our most recent Christmases. So it's now a tradition for us to pull down this box of Christmas movies alongside the Christmas lights and the tree ornaments and to slowly work our way through what has become, for us, family Christmas classics, movies like Elf, 
and Home Alone and Miracle on 34th Street and Little Women. My husband Andy and I, we've also developed our own list of Christmas classics, movies like Love Actually and It's a Wonderful Life and The Holiday, and most recently, but definitely the least elegantly, A Bad Mom's Christmas. Now, it would appear that we are not the only ones who have been increasing our consumption of holiday films over the last few years. For instance, this year, Hallmark, the Hallmark Channel started its holiday movie season before Halloween, releasing three different Christmas movies every weekend starting on October 23rd. The Lifetime Channel wasn't very far behind. They started their holiday movie lineup on November 12th. Television and movie producers have clearly found that there is a large audience of people who are impatient to lose themselves in Christmas spirit long before the church has started to hang up garland and light Advent candles. Now, regardless of how early you or I put up our Christmas decorations, I think that this urgency for Christmas can be sort of easy to comprehend, this desire that we have to surround ourselves with the hope and the joy and the cheer and the love that characterizes Christmas. It's this path of early escape from daily pressures. And it's a way of silencing that bickering and anxiety and stress that happens so commonly in our very non-Christmassy everyday life. So this rush to Christmas, it's understandable to me. Because things have been tough recently. Every time we get a few steps ahead in envisioning an end to this pandemic, a new variant comes along. As a result... Finances have been challenging. Friends and family have moved away. Gun violence is on the rise. Partisan politics evokes these petty and childish responses that spill out into the aisleways at Target and delay commercial flights. Things have been tough recently. So it's no wonder that many of us want to get a break. We want to live in an alternate reality where People just say the right things at just the right time. Where people show up at your door with flowers or your favorite takeout in the very moment that you need it most. In a reality where people will share their vulnerable truth that then opens up new understanding and compassion to heal a challenging or painful situation. For many of us, there is something in us that longs for those kinds of interactions that we see in Christmas movies. These casual interactions with people who are remarkably emotionally self-aware. These difficult conversations where someone is willing to change their mind in order to bring healing into a relationship. A place where these relationships with people are willing to be vulnerable, are willing to say and show how much they love one another rather than being coy and withholding. The storylines of Christmas movies, my friends, 
are often the storylines that we long for the most in our lives. But we are not the first generation who has longed for a storyline that is characterized by this hope and peace and joy and love. You and I are not the only ones who want to be seen for who we are, who want to be accepted for who we are, and who want to be loved for exactly who we are. I would imagine that Mary and Joseph were longing for that kind of a story too. They were a couple who was surrounded by ancient scandal, not yet married, but with a baby on the way, subject to ridicule and to gossip. They were also subject to the demands of a calloused government that required them to take an unpaid vacation so that they could travel through the desert to a really old town, never mind the fact that Mary was due any day. I don't know how many of you have ever taken a road trip with a partner under tense circumstances, but very rarely does that bring out the best in us. No one is on the same side when it comes to taking a trip that no one wants to take. Mary and Joseph are faced with frustrating circumstances that lead to a frustrating journey that then leads to a frustrating arrival. Because once they get there, there is no room at the inn. There is no reservation under their name. There is no compassion for their circumstances. And there's no extra grace to ease their stress. If Mary and Joseph ever needed the plot of a Christmas movie in their lives, if they ever needed someone to see them and to accept them and to extend love and grace to them so that they could just make it through the night, my friends, it was that first Christmas night. And then slowly, very unspectacularly there are glimmers of reprieve in their frustration seeing mary in those early stages of labor that innkeeper gives them the only shelter that he has to offer so mary labors under a roof with shelter around her and gives birth to a healthy child which is a miracle even today Mary is young, alone, afraid. She wants to have her family around her, the family who would normally celebrate the birth of her first child, a son. And then shepherds suddenly appeared, sharing this outrageous story of angels and leaping with so much excitement that you would have thought they were her family. Slowly, in that barn, next to that manger, on that anonymous desert night, the storyline of Christmas took over their lives. Suddenly, Mary and Joseph find that they are seen, that they are accepted, that they are loved and celebrated, and all because of the arrival of Jesus lying tenderly in their arms. My friends, this Christmas Eve, 
Where in your life do you need the storyline of Christmas to take over? Where in your life do you need to be seen and accepted and known and loved and forgiven? And where in your life do you need to forgive? It's really interesting to me in the biblical story of Jesus' birth, we focus really on just the facts of the character lives. We focus on the town and on the mother and the father and the baby and the shepherds. But as we know from nearly every Christmas movie that we have ever watched, there is more to every character than just the facts. More to every person than what we see from the outside. There is heartbreak and there is healing. There is miscommunication and there is reconciliation. There is longing and there is companionship. And most often, almost every time, there is a need for forgiveness. It's Buddy's dad, Walter, in the movie Elf. It's Scott Calvin in the movie The Santa Claus. It's both Kevin and his mother in Home Alone. It's George in It's a Wonderful Life. We, in the same way, need to remember that the story of Mary and Joseph is more than just the facts. Their frustration is met by grace. Their loneliness is met by companionship. Their confusion and hurt with their circumstances is met with forgiveness. Maybe forgiveness for each other and maybe also forgiving God. Forgiveness is also a big part of the Christmas story. So where do you need to be immersed in the Christmas story tonight? Which part of the Christmas plot are you longing to experience? The good news of tonight is that whatever it is that you long for, whatever belonging you need to experience, whatever forgiveness you desire, whatever shame you wish you could let go, the birth of Jesus Christ shows all of us that God is the kind of God who shows up at just the right moment, who is ready to say just the right thing, who longs to bring us just what we need so that you and me might know that we are loved. In Jesus Christ, God showed up for each and every one of us so that we might be immersed in the storyline of Christmas, not just for tonight, but every single night that we live. Amen.